Hi, okay. and welcome to Keen Mi- the Keen Minds Podcast. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa from Criminally Sane in Tumblr. And we are covering the second episode of the fifth season of The Blacklist, Grayson Blaze. And- Which is number 37. Oh, it was such a fantastic episode. Such a great episode. It, it was it was absolutely great. I loved I loved covering and seeing. As I said, the blacklist is like a magic act. When we started on season one, it was we were seeing the whole the whole shenanigans. It was just you know the smoke, the 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 effects, the cape, the 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 helper with the with the shiny clothes. It was just a spectacle. Second season two, well, we not see the dress rehearsal. Season three, now you see the trick. You get to know the magician in season four, and in season five, you're seeing the magician re- rehearse a new trick. You're starting him from the very beginning, and it's a fascinating journey. That's actually a really good way of putting it. I Because I, I was talking to the roomie the other day about how they're setting up season five. I said, we're getting to see the beginnings of Raymond Reddington without having to go through flashbacks, which is fascinating to me. We're, we're seeing all these little details of, I mean, because you know he's using the past to create the present. And this is how he begins. And mm-hmm. it's just flawless. He's going at I, it with I, all the information that he's already gained from the first round. It's it's just beautiful. Well, what, what he said, he spent time building a network of informants, patriots, traitors. And then he uses to build an empire. He already had that network. And I, one of the things that I loved is that they brought back the Sea of Galilee. The reason I like that is because that painting was stolen in 1990. And when they, when they chose that particular painting to be the one in 106 in Gina Sanitacos that he's brokering the sale, I always had a feeling by the time he, it, was, it had been stolen that either Red stole it or Red found the person who stole it. And that became my theory after um, um, Alistair Pitt, when he says the man who stole it, Rogelio there was his gardener. So we know that he probably stole it from the guy who stole it and broke the sale ever since. And that's probably part of the, how he started to make his fortune. So I love that they brought it back. Now we get this this great look at red red into building an empire out of nothing out of his smarts basically so it was fascinating uh over on tumblr i'm looking for the post right now um friendship to the max i believe is her her screen name um sam i believe is her real name um she works for the blacklist uh she's she's on staff there on the writing staff i believe um uh, in some some format Mm -hmm. on the yes and she was she was talking about oh that i love those posts yeah oh they're so fascinating because we've talked about before how much we just don't know like you you make a lot as fans you make a lot of assumptions because not not because you know you expect it to just be magic but because you're ignorant not in a bad way just you're not in the business so you don't know what you don't know and i i'm that way and i know a lot of people in fandom are that way and 
th there's a lot of things that I make a lot of assumptions on and then I hear bits and I go, oh, wow, that's how that works? I would never have guessed. And so she is a an absolute gem to the fandom. Um, she, she's on Tumblr. I'm sure she's on Twitter as well. I, I don't know, but I know her on Tumblr. And she made a comment about the Sea of Galilee and how all of that came about. And what was fascinating from her post, and if you're on Tumblr, definitely go check it out. Um, she said that there have been instances in which art, the thief theme, art thieves <laughs> that had been caught sued TV shows for basically taking credit for their theft. And so <laughs> she had so many different little moving parts that she had to keep up with. To make sure that they were on the correct legal side of things for the pieces of art that they chose. And this, this had to do with the Picasso, they, they I can, believe. Yeah, they, they can be art that has been found. So it has to be that the, the thief is unknown so nobody can sue them. And so I'm sure that that's part of the reason why things like the Sea of Galilee have had threads through. I mean, it's nice for just con continuity's sake. I mean, like the continuity nerd in me loves it absolutely mm -hmm. loves it but uh, it, it's very fascinating to see why the practical side of why they choose certain certain pieces that have gone missing for things mm -hmm. it's really nice uh do you want to start talking about cooper yes let's start in on cooper because this guy i, I feel bad for coop because I've seen some some negative statements about him on online since the episode aired, and this guy he's got a lot of pressure on him. He has a new a new um, director, yeah, basically boss, a new director. Hitchens is dead. Um, I have a feeling he he has a very good idea that Resser was somehow involved. I do too. I Cooper's not a dumb man. He's clever, and wrestler, wrestler was very. He was chill. pretty good. Yeah, he was very good. I was terrified of how too, good he was. Too good. <laughs> he was. He was. Um. Oh, well, if he hadn't done anything, I, he would have probably been a little more upset. He would have I said, oh, "I wanted to catch her, and I hate that." She with a meat having to bring her to justice or something like that? I don't know. I actually, like, sitting there and watching that when he said, well, maybe it's karma, my response mm -hmm. was, well, okay. That's exactly what I expect you to say if you hadn't done it. You know, like, I I think Russ did a really good job, but, uh, yeah, Cooper, Cooper's got a lot weighing down on him. I mean, because you remember Panabaker when she came in? She said, I'm the third one in. Everyone yep. keeps dying. You know, like, I don't plan to be that next person. That's kind of how Hitchin is. Well, is not only that, but Panabaker also, when they were having the fallout with Gail, Panabaker said, you're on your own. You're... Yep. And and it's like, and where do we go to get a reputation so, repair? Nowhere. So Cooper knows that he he is the lone buffer between his team and chaos. I mean the the just the, the government raining down on them and basically turning them into the scapegoats if anything goes wrong. If the, the FBI is not, they're basically <laughs> the the old spy joke about the CIA that you've been disavowed. That's basically what the FBI is planning to do to them if they screw up at all. 
they do not have the support that they thought that they had. And they're working in incredibly dangerous territory. And to be fair, Red put him in a very bad position for what they're in in the in the in and now. Now, Reddington had a plan the whole way through, and Red knew the plan, but I think Cooper is very frustrated that Reddington is is unwilling to share said plan. I would defend Red in one thing. You remember when Red told Liz about Miles McGrath? Yes, I knew you were going there. What? Where? What did Liz do? She told Cooper. What did Cooper do? I'm not saying Went that Red's straight wrong. straight to Scotland Yard and two detectives are dead. I agree. And... I'm not saying Red is wrong. I'm just saying from Cooper. Mm-hmm. You've, I'm, I'm a character analyst. Yeah. From Cooper's point of view, he is frustrated. He made the comment to Red. He said, you don't respect that I lead this task force. And that's yes, what's bothering him is, is a respect issue. And he does not yeah. feel respected, and that is what's frustrating him right now. Yeah. I, I think Cooper got very upset with Red when Red let oh, no, Rostov he's, die. He's not uh, upset, go. remember? He's oh, not yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> an emotional thing. And then he upset. gets all like, you know, and you start getting like Red. And Red is like, oh, I thought you were upset. Um, oh, I just died at that point. Oh, I missed it. And then he brings out the, uh, the, 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 the palm drive and the, and the, and the necklace. And you know that is Cooper is like, okay, you SOB. I know, you right? You did it again. <laughs> I hate you so much, but I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> well, it's, well, you remember Panabaker last, do you remember Panabaker last year when she said, I hate getting in bed with Raymond Reddington, but we need his blacklist. I mean, that's how Cooper feels right now, I think. That he hates it, but he knows that they need him. That if they don't have him, if they don't have him and Liz, because Red and Liz is what makes it, if they don't have Raymond Reddington and Elizabeth Keene, they don't have a task force. They are just out into the open. And every man for himself. And it's not is not a, a an issue of well I go back to my regular life with Raymond Reddington in his life the options are either you're in a sky rock rocket to the top or you're going down in a dark pit and you'll be disgraced and put in jail there is no in between there is no gray little life to live there is just two you're either way up top or way down bottom and right now they're at the bottom and red is i i think red is happy to take them to the top with him but cooper is going to need to put faith in him which is incredibly difficult i i don't blame cooper for not having any faith in him but as a it, as a person looking at it from Cooper's point of view, I don't blame him. As a fan, he needs to have faith. And when he does put faith in him, I think it, mm-hmm. he's a penny stock. Yep. Well, I also think that, that we, we're setting up a big arc here with Cooper. And it's starting by this. It started last season when he started doubting Red, when he started getting upset with Red because he let, I mean, Cooper lost a lot of people with Rostov and, and Red let him go without telling him anything. 
so I, I think that there is there is a level of of, of exasperation um, that Cooper was in a wild ride, and I think that he has seen his agents go through a lot. And I think he's also very connected to his his team. I think that he has a lot of love for his team. Um, Charlene had commented that, 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 you know, his job was his life. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say he sees them as children, particularly, because they're, they're adults. He knows they're adults. But he, he loves them dearly, and they he has a very special connection with this team. I don't know if he's had other teams like this that he's had this kind of connection to, but he certainly does to this task force that he's... He's been willing to make the hard choices for a ROM and say, this was not your call to make, it was mine. He's been willing to make that hard choice to walk in, tamper with evidence, and get what Liz needed to get her answers. And hand it to her and say, here you go. He, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I <laughs> truly believe that if Wrestler... In that, you know, if Wrestler had gone to Cooper first off, now the longer it goes, the more issues he's going to have. But if he'd gone to Wrestler first off, and I also will say, as, you know, for, for the Wrestler fans out there, I don't blame Wrestler for this at all because it's putting Cooper in a very bad position. But I do think if he'd gone to, to Cooper first off, that Cooper would have protected him from the Hitchin death. He would have protected well, yeah. him. Everybody knew that that you know, and Hitchens Hitchens had it coming. I mean, it, oh, Red was gonna to kill her. Yeah, <laughs> Red was gonna kill her. It, it saw, was just a matter of time. I saw she was just living on borrowed time. I I saw a fantastic piece the other day and said it was Red and, and Hitchin talking and said, "Yeah, I can't wait to make you wait hurt. to hurt you." And, no, to, and then turn around and said, one day. Bro, "Bros, help out" or something like that. It was, yeah. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it was coming. It, I and I'm and I'm very excited because I feel that the two characters are gonna get the two post office characters are gonna get a big arc this year are Cooper and Wrestler, and and you know I, I like the, the direction they're taking Cooper. And if you remember, you know that I'm a fan of the promotional pictures. We haven't had a promotional picture and I'm upset about it. Um, the last one was red with a mask that was coming out. But the last promotional picture of Cooper and Wrestler, they were in an inclined plane. Like the world was out of whack and, and everything about them was going sideways. So I knew stands. that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's I knew that was coming and, and I'm excited for, for what is what is happening. You got anything more on, on, on Cooper? Or should we move to um should we should we probably well I don't even know that there is there is anything in, on a RAM. Um, I mean, it's mostly connected to Samar. I mean, and there's very little even on Samar. There was... Oh, Samar had a beautiful moment. Oh, I mean, like, I I loved her in it. I mean, that white dress. I I was actually referring to the scene in which they get to that apartment. I liked that because wrestlers sitting there going, you gotta hide, you gotta get out of there, you gotta hide. And she's just like, hi, we're here to rob you. (laughs) Yeah, where is that page? And and I love the fact that she used something that she has for the second time. Uh, when she went to the guy that supposedly hired the debt collector, she says, I am from a task force that doesn't exist. So that means I can do whatever. And then this time she goes and says the same thing. 
we we don't have any authority. We don't have any right to be here, which means we're going to do whatever we need to do because that means we're it's, really determined to get it. It's kind of CIA-esque, you know. I mean, like, I mean, when I say that, I mean TV CIA. I, I don't mm -hmm. know if the real CIA works that way, but TV CIA-esque <laughs> in which there are no rules. Like, if you can make it happen make it happen and you know very james bond very spy mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. that comes back to i i understand that a lot of people see this as a procedural show of fbi but it is a spy show mm -hmm. in every this, uh, this. It, it's becoming more it this show transcends the traditional niches that people try to fit shows into it really does and i that, that's one of the reasons i love it so much is that it pushes boundaries and it transcends mm -hmm. but yes i agree samar sitting there with that pulling her gun and just lounging back on the couch and going who knows what we'll do that was one of my favorite mm -hmm. scenes of the episode yeah, it, it and and it was it was great that you know the way she she arrives so like nice and dressed and kicks the guy ass, uh, that was beautiful. Oh, it was so fantastic. And but when they needed someone in there to open up an opening, they sent Samar Navabi. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. So it, I I thought it was it was well done, and and I I know that she's not gonna have probably a very very big arc this season because she had a huge arc last season last season well, so it's honestly they i feel like the writers had always planned on on the saram relationship and so when you're in tv and there's a relationship that is not with the the main character you know it's either going to be all drama or you've kind of got to give it a back seat of sorts when it gets to the point. And that's kind of where it's at right now. Is that they've got to let this simmer in the background with little nice scenes here and there. And I want Samar and, and Aram to be happy. Good heavens, give those poor souls a few minutes of happiness. <laughs> you know? They deserve well, they, it at they, this point. <laughs> and they've earned it. They both have, have mm -hmm. growth curves that, that go there. Um and they they created really nice stuff for them but in this episode there was really not i mean other than that there was not much that much for them um so wrestler oh Russ. i i just i know how much is coming for him i i did love that little line i mean it was kind of a quick little hat tip to the fact that samar and wrestler had slept together I, I, I am not personally a fan of that relationship, but I did love that little moment where he's asking about a rom and she goes, Oh, you're jealous. That's you know <laughs> But I think and the problem was about something like the woman was coming back or it, something. It was. Like. I mean like they yeah. they my my point is that they were being funny about it. And it's not mm -hmm. it's not They things, move past the awkward. Yes. They they are adults that have moved past it. And it's just funny now. You know, they're they're willing to joke. I, I feel like when you get to the point where you're willing to joke about it, that's when you know you're okay. And mm -hmm. for the most part. Um and Wrestler had a lovely line. 
when they were in in the thing, just try not to 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 bid. And as soon as he said that, I said, "Oh, Anya, yet Red is going to bid." <laughs> you tell Red not to do something; he's going to do the thing. Yeah. Um, I you know, other than that, there was not much. He was you know he was there bringing the art. He became the moving guy, as the guys in the Blacklist Expo said, which was hilarious. Um, and other than that, there was, there was not much. I mean, he's like, he's like, whoa, and then they give it up. What is he playing at? Yeah, I mean, he, he did his part. And he got, I think, quite a bit of screen time this episode. Um, I, I felt like it was very well balanced between everybody. That's been one of my complaints before, that they have trouble balancing things, um, to a degree, between different characters. And I felt like this episode was incredibly well balanced. Because it's serialized, it's not a procedural, so it's much harder to balance because you're mm-hmm. you're going with one storyline versus just giving a little bit, having one storyline and then you give a little bit of time to each this has to go with whatever the story is going. So yep, that that's what ends up happening. Um, and, and it takes us to Dembe. Mm. Or okay. should we leave Dembe and Tom to the no, last? No, no, no. Dembe now. Dembe now. Uh, you, Dembe. You've started in on this. <laughs> I had so much fun with Dembe. Um, I love the prayer. That's how you get people to confess. In a prayer that this doesn't lead to hospitalization. <laughs> I just, I was just, I, I cackled through the entire first round, and then the roomie came home, and we watched it. And I'm sitting there, busy gifting my cane squared scenes, and I went, watch this scene carefully, it's fantastic. <laughs> so Dimbe cooks, and then he prays. <laughs> and it was just, it was so fantastic with all of that, and... I now officially need a scene in which he and Tom cook. I'm just saying, as a Tom fan, I need a scene in which those two cook like a masterpiece <laughs> between them. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a lovely scene. And now, let me ask you something. Do you think that Albert Dennison was, had been tortured by Dembe? No, I don't think so. I, I think I, there's I, a third I don't party. Think so either. Yeah, because I think the, reason, the reason why Tom and with a gun out instead of just knocking off the door, is because the well, lock broken is broken. In. Yeah. Exactly. And the same reason Tom and, and Red and Dembe enters with, enter with the gone out. Huh? So if they had been, first they wouldn't have left the guy tied in. Anybody could have come in with the door locked. They would have taken the guy. Red, he wouldn't have gone pick up Red. He would have called Red and said, hey, come over here, I got the guy. There was no reason for them to leave and then come back. That in red is much more of a lock picker versus a door kicker. Yeah. It, but then they could have kicked the door, but to me, there was somebody else. And that's yeah. what we're seeing. I and that it. is, if you remember when we first started talking about the famous suitcase, the bag of bones, I said, I think that red, that Dembe. I don't remember who it was the other day, but someone called it a bag of bones, and I thought of you. <laughs> I feel like it was John or somebody. Like or, John Buckingham was the first one who said it. I okay, said is that it at who the same you picked time, it up from? But me? I hadn't, I hadn't read the interview okay, by the time okay. I said it. So the bag right, of bones. But, but somebody's. It was probably John then, and I was like, yes. "Oh, Tessa." <laughs> 
the vagabonds. <laughs> yeah, it, it was to me that that was very interesting because I, what I what I came to understand in this episode was that the bag of bones. It's like those Newton cradles. You know, the Newton cradles are those balls that you just, they're like five balls suspended, and then you lift one, and then the other one on the other end uh, lifts on its own. It just transmits the movement um, by by this, the, motion, the, the pressure, one ball to the other. You know which one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. All right. You pull one back and it starts the... Yeah, the... It starts the cycle yeah. and then it swing back and forth. But the ones in the middle don't move. And I always thought that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's that's ex- simple physics. That's exactly what Dembe, what K did. He used Tom as the first ball. But in, he tells Red that he got that she has the suitcase. That will get red on the on the track of the suitcase. He leave, she leaves the suitcase for Red to for Tom to pick up, knowing that Red eventually will get to Tom. At the same time, I think she got Denison, and that's why Tom was supposed to let Denison know when he picked her up, picked it up, because that will give Denison then calling this Oleander and letting him know. And then all three will come together and eventually leave Agnes alone, which is what Kate always wanted. She's going to get everybody killed. I, you know, there was a day that I would have argued with you on that. <laughs> um, but after, that uh, but it's not, it's mm-hmm. not gone. It's, it's lessened. Um... But after those those outtakes from from season four with Liz and, and Kate's conversation, which reminded me exactly of what you had been saying for quite a bit of the of the second half of the season, saying she's trying to arrest her to save Agnes, you know, quote unquote. And when when Liz called her out on that in the the deleted scene that's all i could think of and while i while i'm hesitant to think that that kate has set all of this up to kill tom and then to kill liz Liz. and potentially red like part of me is incredibly hesitant to that but i think it I, i am willing to say it may be the more emotional part of me that is wanting to put the brakes on that one let me put it that way. It is what I would have done if I had been in Kate's position. <laughs> if you were... Or, or red position. This, this... And, you know, okay, everybody. That is a this... very red plan. To be fair, everybody, this is everyone's cue not to get on Tessa's bad side. <laughs> but I'm not Kate and I'm not red. I'm just an ordinary person. Uh-huh. But, you know, put it, putting the circumstances where Red is or where Kate was, yeah. that's what I would have done. I, I'm kidding. Uh, Tess is not going to kill anybody. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Don't I have go faith. in my backyard digging. I yeah. have faith. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe not that much. Oh. But, but definitely, that, that, that was to me was like, oh my God, that's what she's doing. Because why would this poor man be beaten up? Mm-hmm. How on earth that that suitcase came out of a farm in the middle of nowhere. 
take Karen and put her in yeah. a in a nobody could have known that that suitcase is in play unless the person who notified Tom also notified Oleander. And there's and gotta she be was a... sure to make sure to tell Red that she got the suitcase. And there's got to be a reason that Oleander's name was the first one to come out of Dennison's mouth. Just saying. They want the guy who beat it up. Yep. Because he probably wants to know where the suitcase is. So that 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 got that got a very interesting dynamic there with with Dembe, and I think that that is the reason why Tom invited Red and Dembe to make sure to see who's who's the one investigating this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I definitely think that that entire setup was an information gathering setup, and we can get further into that with Tom, but. I Dimbe, my my highlight scene with Dimbe was that that dinner that he made. I just like I if I were to ever like and I I would never be a serial killer by the way. I would just like to say that like if I were ever to murder, you know that that would be fun to write into a story somewhere like that. Someone I'm gonna don't get on her by side either. I. <laughs> had a conversation with one of my bosses today we were talking about something horrible i said oh my god because he, he he was jokingly talking about a conspiracy theory i went oh my god that's amazing i went in a completely fictional circumstance that is amazing not in reality <laughs> i had to catch myself what are you talking I, about a tv show that's what is yeah it's implied i'm a writer i when I'm talking about writing things, TV shows, books, etc., etc., I am almost always talking about this fictional world in which I would not actually do the things. I hope everybody knows that. Tessa and I do not go around murdering people. <laughs> only yeah. I only do it in fiction. <laughs> you know? No, no real human. She likes to... beating up her characters. They always end up. Be... The, the more she likes them, the more beaten up they get. That's accurate. I've never figured out what's wrong with me on that. But to be fair, I follow enough other fan fiction art, uh, fan fiction authors that I know that I'm not the only one with that issue. <laughs> many, many fan fiction authors beat on their favorites. I think it's because of the hurt comfort issue, but that's that's a whole nother realm. Um. But Dimbe, like, that was so fantastic. That- Doesn't kill you, make you stronger? I, so we agree, Dembe is the best, best scene of, of torturing a guy. I find very hard that he will go there to the other other house, beat up this guy, then leave. Yeah, uh, and he already proved that his form of torture is with honey, not the stick. Yeah. He made that very clear in that scene. Uh, and, and there are other ways. I mean, he would have taken the guy to Red. He wouldn't have beaten up the guy, leave to go get Red. Like, Red can take a cab. Red cannot drive. I mean, he has proven he's fine stealing cars of any kind. In fact, he loves Vagoneers. So why not steal himself anything or and just, get there? Or just go to Liz and go, I need a ride. I'm waiting for the day where he shows up at the apartment. Liz isn't there. And he looks at Tom and goes, I need a ride. <laughs> and Tom goes, okay. You know, why are you here? <laughs> are you uh, inviting me to dinner? Because I'm broke today and I can't find, I don't have enough to eat. So, hey, you got dinner? <laughs> I want one of those moments. Uh, 
<laughs> but yes, yes, back on track. Dembe. It's Dembe, gonna be Dembe sorry, guys, those nights. Um yeah. But yeah, it that was I, I do feel like that part of that purpose of showing that he gets his answers with honey, not the stick. Honey versus vinegar, uh, is that he didn't he was not responsible for beating Denison. Mm-hmm. Some third party was responsible for that, and it was not Dembe Zuma. Mm-hmm. So uh, that takes us to, um, sh- should we do Tom next, or you want to do Liz and Red? Uh, we can do Tom and then fade into Liz and Red, because that they, the three of them are so intermingled at this point. Yeah, it's a, I think what we were saying before, and, and we had a little mishap, that uh, that a lot of people feel that Tom gets a lot of uh, of real estate, and, and the and the truth of the matter is that that Tom is the third most important character because he is the husband or the love interest and the father of the child of the one of the main characters and the son-in-law of the other. Yeah, it's his connection to the main characters versus who he, who he specifically is, and and, and the parallel in the parallels mm-hmm. he creates with the mother of the main character. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they are a fractured image of Red and Katarina. Mm. So Tom had uh, quite a little bit of of trick. Because I was reading, like, why is they're not communicating? Why he's saying that? Kate was a good woman and then that's when I have to go and say wait 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 whoop wait at the timeline exactly timeline is very important here I actually made that that comment on tumblr and you may have uh weighed in on that but he doesn't you've got to look at what we know as as the fans watching a tv show and what the characters know he hasn't been here he doesn't know and, and they made it fairly clear in that first scene with Liz and Tom that there's a lot of stuff that Tom doesn't know, that Liz doesn't know what happened with Tom, Tom doesn't know what happened with Liz. Well, I mean, let me put this in perspective. 420 and Redemption 7 happen on the same day. That's while Liz is about to be taken by the debt collector, She, that's the day that Cooper goes to get Howard from the insane asylum when they have them. That is the exact same day. You can see it on the way that he's dressed. So that means that at the same time that then that he was in New York that morning, tells Liz that, that he needs help getting Howard out. He goes back to, to uh, DC, to New York. Liz gets kidnapped by the debt collector, going home to pick up things for the kid. Well, gets taken up by his mother and beaten by Solomon. So this is all happening at the same time. We got a kind of messed up line. And you've also got two characters that are very... Uh, it's very much within their characterization that they they have their own issues and they're not going to burden the other with them. So Liz says, mm-hmm. you know, Liz understands that Tom is in the middle of this. She's not going to... If she believes that Agnes is safe, She's not going to tell him 
our daughter's in trouble. You know, this is all happening near our daughter because Tom's going to come running home the moment Agnes is in trouble. And yeah. she knows that. She's not going to tell him that because of that. And vice versa, he's only going to tell her what he needs to, what he feels like he needs to to get done what needs to get done because he doesn't want to worry her. Because he's not home. You know, she there's only so much she can help in because as he told her in Redemption, I have to handle this on my own. Plus the timeline. I mean, then you have all of the Kate arc, like the 421 and 422, happening at the same time that the Whitehall Part 2, in which they're breaking into into Alcyon uh, with only like five mercenaries, and then they're, you know, they're being hunted. He's being hunted with the, the Artax network. He, I mean, they're not like having conversation, like, hi, honey, I just got home from my work at the office. No, they're being haunted. Uh, Liz is being taken. Kaplan is trying to put her in jail. They don't have time to sit down and talk about these things. Actually, they're surviving. I actually just posted a, a fanfic, a one shot with that briefly touched on in which it's it's this moment of there hasn't been time to discuss this there hasn't been time to discuss that scotty had him beaten via solomon and that this all happened because i mean obviously enough time passes between the beating and tom coming home that he's able to heal from that so i mean while the conversation will probably happen at some point it's going to be in in the time that it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's and, a lot to cover. Yeah. And then he comes home. He comes home from the from the suitcase, take a shower. That's when she's coming back from her road trip. Um, and then that they have that night in which, obviously, they haven't seen each other really in two months. You think they're going to be talking about, hey, my mom had me beaten up. And my dad is maybe, my mom is in jail, but no. No. They said, okay, Rainton is my father. He's pushed a suitcase. They fall into each other's arms. They start talking. Well, they see their daughter, you, whatever. That's I not was going to say, if, if you look at the, the clothing changes, Liz walks in in a black button-up short sleeve shirt when she, you know, hops into his arms, which I, I'm sure we mentioned last week, but that was entirely improv on Megan's part. I just mm -hmm. love that so much. Yeah. She hops into his arms. They snog, you know, the whole bit. And then it fades to black, and then it opens up the next week with them with Tom pushing her the against next the wall. Morning. And well, I don't think it's the next morning. I think it's no, that, no. I think it's, it's that, that night. night. It's, it's that, that night. night. It's that night. But it's that it's, night. And then they, the next episode opens. But they've. Yeah. But they've. Uh, it's it opens with that, you know, after seeing uh, mm -hmm. seeing Grayson and everything. But it opens with them with Tom pushing her against the wall and them just going at it. But she's that in a night. tank top, and so that's after they've put Agnes to bed, after she's dropped the outer layer of her clothing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Time time has passed. Not a lot of time, yeah. but hour. You know, a couple no, hours to get Agnes. Yeah, a couple hours to get Agnes to bed and everything. That's her undershirt that she had on under her tank or under her her uh, shirt that she it's was all, wearing. Yeah. yeah, and so they've gotten their kid fed, bathed, put to bed, and then then parents have adult time. Yeah, and then that five four two opens the next morning. Liz is late. She says, "Oh, it was a crazy night." Then that's starting, and they go to Europe. They haven't had time to talk. 
I feel so bad for them. Oh my gosh. Like, he comes home and then she has to leave. You know that had, that had to have been the worst well, conversation. Honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Red, Red is making everything he can to create all these blacklisters, which... Oh, what a coincidence, are always in faraway places. Last week it was a road trip. This week was Europe. He's going to do this all the time to get Liz away from that apartment so that she doesn't get that suitcase. Without Dembe. Yeah, and, and I think he is keeping her away from Tom to a degree because, well, I don't think he knows that Tom... I mean, I've seen a theory floating around, and it's more that I've heard the theory. Mm. I haven't actually read the theory that... that uh, Nick went to Red and told him. And it's possible. I, I don't disagree with the theory, but I also don't agree with it. It's one of those that I could see where it's possible. Because I wouldn't blame but Nick. Because they may, they went out of their way to make sure that we knew Nick's engaged again. So he has a family. And so I I don't... I don't think that the the audience would blame Nick if he were to go against Tom. But and then why would why would Tom why would Red um, then casually go there and it I, I to thought size, about to size him. Tom up to yeah, size Tom I, I, up. I wouldn't. I would same way. Yeah, same, same reason Tom it. did it. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't. Uh, I you know it would is not out of the question for me, but to me doesn't it doesn't have legs just because. Red is so desperate to get that suitcase that he wouldn't have Nick saying, okay, text me an address and then, because he will already know where, where Tom is. I mean, maybe next week we'll find out that as soon as texting the address, you know, Red is waiting. But to me at this point, it doesn't feel that that's what is going to happen. I, it feels that Red is doing whatever he can um and, and what tom did is to invite him and i think that red to a certain extent remember that red has also been been denied access to agnes have been denied access to that and meanwhile the, the relationship between red and tom you know contrary to what a lot of people want to believe it hasn't been that bad red has gone out of his way to tell him you know stay out of his uh, your parents he sees him he he works with him as legat he put his trust in in tom there is not been this terrible thing so why at this point where Red is so happy having recovered that daughter and having access to the granddaughter, is he really going to, to uh, do anything at this point? Because if he knew that Tom had the suitcase, he would have, that situation would have been different. Yeah, it was time I... to get... To get Liz out of there, he would have invented a little thing. He would have got Liz out of there, and that suitcase would have been up. He's desperate. I I tend to agree with that, but I I also leave a, a window open for the possibility. With Me too. Nick. And that that's kind it's of where I'm dumb. at with that. I I may leave a little bigger one than you, uh, from what you just said, but I I could see it with Nick, and I could see Red knowing. Tom well enough to know he's going to hold back and letting him play that game out. I, I, you know, I could see it going either way. I haven't made a firm decision on my beliefs yet, and I'm just going to kind of wait and see where the, where canon takes us, because canon mm -hmm. is ultimately where we go with it. And 
I I do think that entire dinner situation was Tom sizing Red up and where he was on everything, getting a good read on it. And mm. to a degree, I think it was Red sizing, you know, in, in return sizing Tom because he knew something was weird. And mm. Liz, Liz certainly knew something was oh, weird. She, she gave definitely a look was like, a... are you kidding me? Do you think I'm an idiot? I see what's happening here, people. <laughs> Yeah, that, that something something definitely was up. Um, I, I I have to say I I love the parallel scenes where we're getting Tom in in the in the cell in the cell phone store, uh, getting the address of the guy, and at the same time we're seeing Red pull all that undercover thing, which is a a, a twist in a twist. So they always do these parallel scenes with. Tom, which is, you know, at the end, they say that you either marry a man just like your father <laughs> or you marry a man completely different. Liz obviously married the guy just like her father. Chris and I were just talking about this today. <laughs> when she listens to this, she's going to hear it and laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I was going to say was that I, I really need to take a moment and I did it on, on Tumblr. I walked through this, but I just, I need to take a moment on the podcast and walk through this. Tom in that scene in the phone shop, because Flawless. he, he walked in and I, as soon as I saw it, my, this is how badly fandom screws with you is my brain went, he's talking about getting a divorce. Everyone's going to freak out. And going to say, ho ho, look, Tom's going to lose Liz. That's where my brain went. And I'm going, stop. I don't even hear it. I have all the right people blocked. I don't hear it. And yet you're still in my brain. Look what you people have done to me. Um, <laughs> Why would you even think so? It was such a brilliant ploy. Oh, but, but hang on. And then I rewatched it. And then I rewatched it again. And then I gifted it. And that's that's really where I saw it. Um, Karen over on Tumblr wanted it, and so I, I made a gift set for her. And I I sat there and I went, oh my god, he walked in with a phone number, mm -hmm. a phone number, and he left with a name and address, a name, a full name, not just a name, a full name and address, and did not have to give a thing over to identify himself. Because he spun such an emotionally awkward tale that no... One that any guy can, can relate to. Yes. And the guy did not want to step on toes and make him feel worse. If there had been a woman in there, it would have been an entirely different situation. Oh yeah, he would have he would have read and that that's what a good undercover do. And they whenever they do scenes like this with him, they usually have a scene in which Red is doing something very similar. Which, you know, feeds my thing that Red actually was trained by the major. Mm. Not in the school, but just when the ma when the major was actually or potentially in... worked together. Yeah. Because I think they were I, I don't think that Bud was too much older than him maybe 10 years older than him yeah enough for him to have been a major I guess when so. red was a little yeah. middle i guess that's true that's i i do think that the major that bud was in the military at some point and so yeah i, I could see that i definitely could see that um 
I mean, just the way they wrap bodies is like that. Come, that must come from the body, body bodies wrapping, uh, <laughs> wrapping <laughs> technique. So one thing I want to make a comment about before we move off Tom is that that interesting moment, and I I don't know if anybody else has commented on this yet, but I felt like at least for me there was a very interesting moment in the way that he was talking to Denison. And he was like, who did this to you? I'm sorry. And then he goes and, and, and hides in the the uh, the closet there. His, they have taken Tom from a cold-blooded killer and humanized him in the course of four full seasons, one spinoff, and two episodes of the fifth season. He is, he's there for information, but yes, he is at least appreciative of this man's precarious situation. Reddington walks in there, says, I appreciate your loyalty to Kate. I admire that. I'm going to kill you if you don't give me information. And then does. I... I don't blame, I'm not saying that I'm blaming Red for what he does, because from his point of view, from his place that he's coming from, absolutely, that's that's the step to take, is this, this man is in the way, he is a danger, he is a threat, nullify the threat. I don't disagree with that from Red's point of view, but I do think it's an interesting, distorted, sort of, uh, not, not parallel, parallel is not the term I'm looking for, but offset that they they put between the two men in which tom has been building a soul i mean he, he has been it, developing a soul and has really come to that point and reddington just puts two bullets in the man when he's done with him you you would have to to uh to to equate that that in that scene to the scene in which tom tortures little nicholas because the difference is Red seems to be fighting because people used to to have this weird feel for the suitcase in which the suitcase is going to be a trouble for Red and not for Liz. Like the suit, they seem to still think that the suitcase was a ploy by Kate to separate Red from Liz. But that is not at all what Kate says. She says, I didn't have to try to separate you two. All I had to do was show her the truth so that means that showing Liz that the giving Liz that suitcase will not they don't the, the the separating them is no longer necessary they all they all she had to do was show her the truth and the fact that red had no inkling that this woman who was willing to put them all in jail who was willing to kill bass to to make him try to Dembe by making him believe that Dembe had poisoned him would not even cross his mind that she will go for that suitcase tells you that that suitcase is not dangerous for Red that's a re- the only reason why that didn't even cross his mind was because he had no clue that Kate would try to kill this that's the phase that Kate has in that scene by the beach she is a woman that had been left with him unthinkable. In order to protect the baby, she has to kill the mother. 
because she can't save the mother. And that's why she's in that horrendous look. And she's like, I can't protect you. I don't know how to do it. I failed you. I promise. And I failed you. And she said, I'm all about saving Agnes. I already failed you. She's not trying to, to separate Liz and Red. She's trying to eliminate them so that Agnes is saved. So that means that Tom, which is basically about the same, also has to be eliminated. Which makes me kind of sad because he thinks of her as a good woman. Well, he, he's got a very distorted yeah. view of good, though. To be fair, like Tom doesn't have any basis to to go off there. Yes, um, this is his basis for good. I I, I love yeah I love him, but he does not have a solid basis for for good good actions. And I agree. I, I think that Liz is his go to for that, and she's also the woman that tied him up and kept him in a boat and used his health as leverage to get what she needed from him. So, I mean, yeah. if that's your basis for good, then it's incredibly objective. <laughs> subjective. Subjective. So, so I, I think that, that you, for Red, this is this happening. Red is, this, he, this thing is not going to make so much trouble for Red that it is going to kill this. That's why Red had no idea that Kate would even think about that. And in that thing, what Red is doing is, I'm saving my daughter. And the moment that Tom realizes what Kate was doing by giving him that suitcase, telling Denison to tell Oleander and tell Red, so they all come in this collision course where they're all going to die, then he will, um, he will go at, at things the same way. I like that because that's I, I agree that, that there's got to be a point that puts Tom and Red on the same side and right now they're they're faced off and I, mm -hmm. I that's interesting I really like that um because I yeah I like nice it nice and twisted <laughs> well, I'm sitting here it's, thinking it's, about this and I really like it <laughs> Well, it's, 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 it, it goes right in Red's books, and, and Kate learned from Red, and you do contingencies, and he usually uses one guy to go after this guy, so that this guy gives him this guy, and this guy gives him this guy. And and I do agree, and I, I do think that Red will be able to see at this point that Tom has been a pawn in it, and I think Tom will have been a pawn in it. I uh, for, for anybody that reads my stories, you you may have seen a, a one shot that I did uh, off, based off of um, of Allie, Allie Blacklist's theory and Chris M23 theory and various people. I, I know they're not the only ones that have seen it or th that have made the theory, but those are the two that I know um, that, that have stated that, you know, they think that, that Red will be saving Tom rather than killing him in that flash forward scene. And I really do think it, and if it's a point, because I think that Red knows Kate very well. He knows how how loyal she makes people. She he understands that that Tom is going, and he also knows Tom well enough to know that he's doing this. He thinks for Liz. It's it's a noble 
a noble mm-hmm. meaning behind it. He's not planning to keep this from his wife. He's planning to get information and then tell her. Before he gives her that. Yeah, and I, I do think that Red will acknowledge that and he'll end up saving Tom. And I think that that will be where Kate miscalculated. That's well, because I don't think Kate, I don't think Kate knew that Red is her father. Kate's action makes no sense if he thought Red her father. I think she thought Red thought he was her father mm-hmm. because she was Kate was played by Katerina mm-hmm. like an instrument. I mean, Katerina was better than Red at, at manipulating people. She was awesome. I mean, she 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 made. She, I mean, here is this nanny. The nanny is 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 telling is first coming to the conclusion that she's a Soviet agent because she kills a Soviet agent in the kitchen. That makes no sense whatsoever. Usually, the people that were killing Soviet agents were American agents, not Soviets. Um, then she starts talking about leaving the lover or not leaving the lover. It's like, excuse me, how is that any of your business? Then it's like the whole thing is bizarre, but yet she played it. And, and Kate was like fascinated by this woman that provided her with bodies, cadavers and babies. (laughs) You know, how you seduce a Kate, you give her cadavers and babies. It's accurate. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's, and I think that's one of the things I love so much about Kate Kaplan is she was such a fascinating character that way that she was so bizarre. I mean, she really she was. was. Awkward. Highly I, intelligent and, 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 and awkward. I, I hate so much that she had to die. Like, I know there's been a big movement and a big frustration in, in fandom community. Um in which, you know, killing the gays has been the, the comment. They, like, people keep killing the gay and lesbian characters. And I know John... Oh, huh? There was no way on earth that this woman was going <laughs> to get alive. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, and I know John said that he was very... I watched an interview with John... I think both the Johns, uh, where they talked about how cognizant they were of that. I think that they had... They, they handled they, it very well. Yeah, they, they knew it was coming, but with Kate, I... That wasn't what defined Kate. No, What defined Kate not. was was this, this bizarre, distorted uh, com, com, sense of commitment that she had to a woman who wasn't telling the truth... And to Red, who also wasn't telling the truth, possibly because they both realized that she was very awkward, highly intelligent, yeah. and very awkward. And I, they, I, I think that on it, my theory is that when Red went to hire her, he had two options: kill Kate or hire Kate. Either he, he kept her very close, or. He hired. Well, it's the and- same convert. It's the same thing that with, with Tom right now with bringing Tom, with bringing Red to dinner. You keep your in- you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Well, it, it, it's I, think, only- I don't. I think that Kate became a friend. I, I think he, that maybe Kate he became did- a friend, but but he she was also a loose end. She was the 
only person who absolutely knew that Liz was Masha and where was she? And what relation she had to Katerina Rostova? So at that moment, I think that there was one, there was two, one of two options: kill her or get her clothes. And Red chose to get her clothes, and that's what made all this problem, because she was told, "Don't love Liz," but she did. I do think that Red, when given the choice between death and another option, he does choose another option. Now there are many, re- there are many times that he. He chooses death. I mean, because in his world, he has to. And I, in the heightened reality that we're functioning in for the blacklist, I don't blame him for that. I, there are many deaths that he's caused, that he's brought about, that... 86, 86. <laughs> okay, okay, <Bodies>. Panabaker. <laughs> 86. <gasps> Oh my gosh, that woman. I because if it's 85, it's much better. But 86? Oh, no. We can get behind 85. 86? 86 is too much for us. Um, <laughs> I swear, as, as a person that has been raised in the South, I don't understand even half of what she's saying. <laughs> but what a terrific character. I hope that we see her soon. Oh, I love her! her to death i just don't have a clue what she i'm right there with cooper i don't know what you're saying <laughs> but it was such as I, I gotta say something about tom because i'm gonna lose my 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 mind it's kind of late uh i love he invited uh tom and dembe to eat you you mean red and dembe yeah red and dembe to eat yes yeah. I, it was such a great thing, and he's at the table, and Liz is wearing this nice dress, and she goes to the door all happy. I don't know who she imagined it was, and there it is, red. And and I think it was an excellent choice because it, it was a little weird scene, but it, it also, within their dynamic, and I think you wrote a great line that in, in one of your fictions that I love, civil means you don't shoot at each other. Yeah. Um, He's he's really trying to to to. I mean, that is his father-in-law. I mean, what the heck? The man's what? The man's mother tried to to beat him up. His father used him all the time. Red had a list kidnapped in that family. That's what passes for family. There, you know. So he invited the the father-in-law to eat. I also, it was very sweet. I also think that in a way, Tom is spiraling. Um, I do. Uh, I think that he's got a lot of emotional situations going on right now in which he doesn't, he had his own biological family issues coming in. He came home, he had these bones. I think he expected to hand them over to Liz, explain that, get through that, and then talk about his own family stuff when he'd had time to process. Mm Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, he can't hand her those bones. Ergo, that gets pushed off. And in turn, because the, the processing kind of gets pushed off. Everything with, with Scotty and Howard, because we still don't know if he knows that Kat was referring to Howard when she handed him the the mm-hmm. uh, jump drive and said, it's him. We still don't know if he knows. If we she, have no idea what happened. If she passed out right after that, or if she gave him a whole spiel. We have. We don't even know if Cat's alive or not. 
All we know is that she came stumbling into his hotel room, and some fans don't even know that because they didn't watch Redemption. Um, and so they've got to approach this in a very delicate sort of fashion that does not, that, that handles people that haven't seen Redemption. And they, Tom has a lot of emotional baggage right now for a man that doesn't handle emotional baggage very well. And not only and that, he's, he, the one thing it is to, to believe that Reddington is your father-in-law, another one is to know it. Exactly. They're two different and, things. And suddenly, he's got all of this emotional baggage, and... And Liz the, is so happy. She is. And he's just like, nope, 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 shove it behind the, the couch there. And I've seen people get angry at him for that, and I'm going, no. Like, he's, he's, have you have you not seen how she reacted to Kirk? That is 500% the best decision. Like, I was upset with him. As a fan of Tom Keene, I was upset with him when he lied to her, even when she was freaking out with Agnes being on the, the quote-unquote baby camera. You know, when Kirk had her, and, and the way that he lied to her, about, or not even lied, but misled about the going after Agnes and all of that blowing up in his face. I was a little upset with him over that. I understood, but I didn't agree. And right now, I agree with where he's going with this because I love Liz, but she, when it comes to biological family, she is not, she doesn't Blind. have the clearest view. She has blind spots. No. Um, shall we move into Red and Liz? Yes. Um, it was a fantastic episode for them. It... Tuscan Sunset? All the pumpkin references. I just, I love the... Because it, it, it... And John told us we were going back to season one with it. And all I can think of is she's talking about his... His pumpkin shirt is Grandma's pumpkins about their wall from season one. And, and then you run into that the safe word was pumpkin. Pumpkin, and, and they're in a level three situation, oh. and oh, that those scenes were so delightful. And and Liz is like, how do you know that? And she has to know because she was there when he was brokering the sale. And she had but, so much fun with it. She was so excited. And to be fair, at and this is kind of bringing it back around to Tom again, and I'm sorry, but this is what I do for people that are new to this because I love Tom Keen. But to be fair, they are all so intermixed. But I feel like up until this point, she's had a little bit of an issue understanding Tom and the way that he... the need he has for this kind of work that he does. I mean, because he spent the better part of his life in undercover operations mm -hmm. and i think that she like she gets it on a level but there's a deeper level that she's like i just don't get it you know i don't i don't understand this need for you to do this rather than play you know wheels on the bus go round and round with our daughter um and i think that this is and i don't think this is the main purpose of this but i do think one of the nice side effects of this is that she's going to understand tom a whole lot better and this need for being a part of this world. And and them finding the balance will be just that much more a team effort of understanding all sides of that balance. 
she's finding out who she is. She's fine. I mean, she she's there was there was somebody. Um, I think it was on Reddit that was coming and saying, you know, I just rewatched season one and I'm, and Liz was working such an undercover. She was, I mean, that little I'm Miss Perfect and I'm by the rule with the doll makeup. I always someone, wonder why on earth are they putting that, that doll makeup? Someone and, made a comment on little... Tumblr uh, recently. They they just jumped Me. into Tumblr. Uh, well, I know you did, but someone new mm. to Tumblr, someone oh. new to the Keen Squared fandom on Tumblr made the comment the other day. I can't remember what their, their screen name is, but they made the comment. They said, you know, I just rewatched season one, and that whole bit—that was so fake. They were; she was so lying to herself. Tom and Liz were so lying to themselves, and now they're being honest, and they're good. You know. <laughs> well, it, it was—it was just this act, and I—I I, I think that Liz is—is is really coming to who she is. She, this whole show, it, it, and that goes into wrestler, that goes into Cooper. It's about people finding out who you really are, and and I think a lot of people were doing like fakes. I think that that as much as I think that Liz, the perfect agent, the pink and perfect agent by the book, was a total act. Uh, I think that wrestler, the Boy Scout, was also an act. Something that yeah. he was. Huh? I said potentially, yeah. Yeah, because because he was he was justifying. He was. There was this hurt little boy that lost the father. I imagine he was a boy. He was older. But it, and may, being that perfect by the book was a way of, of like making his father's death be less senseless. And and, and that is not who he is. And, and those things were already kind of bubbling to the surface, you know? He's leading an assassination attempt. I cannot tell you how illegal that is. On a foreign soul that is basically a sanctioned murder uh, that 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 doesn't even get there he he has done illegal things and not off by the book things all the time then he goes and he does the rubber banding and he goes back and and he's like the perfect boy scout oh i'm gonna read the rights you cannot kill kirk then he goes like fine kill kirk um so th- this this is the whole series is is the who are you really? And can you go nature versus versus nurture? Yeah. And and I think they set that up very well in the first episode of the series with um with, with uh Smokey saying that. The nature mm-hmm. versus nurture. I think they, they really did set that up for the season and we're about to yep. see. We're about to see how that goes, how it plays out, and how people turn out. And that's gonna, like we've said before, Agnes is gonna be a kick-ass little kid. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) she has it in every side. No matter how that girl is gonna be something. No matter how careful her parents are, Elizabeth and Tom Keen are her parents. Good luck, child. You have the Hargraves on one side, the Reddingtons on the other. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) And we haven't yet met Katarina, or maybe we did, and we just don't know it. Uh, I'm th- still not is... on board. <laughs> no, you're not. But you gotta admit that when Lane talking about, you know, that liking this and and Red asking why you'd let me do it, that was very much what uh, Emma was saying. It was fascinating and captivating. Oh, and I I don't disagree with Emma. I I'm 
I am kind of like that, like I am the situation with Nick betraying Tom. I'm not on board with it, but I'm also not off board. I'm kind of just waiting for more information. I could see Emma being Jennifer. It's the Carla being Katerina I have issues with. I do disagree with that one so far. I, mm. But I am also willing that if it ever comes out that Carla is Katerina, I will bow down to your your queenship there. It's fine. I'm willing. I'm Maybe. willing to take that vow. Maybe every every fan who has said that I'm such an idiot will send me a dollar and then I'd be like like <laughs> You'd be very really, really, really. Yeah. <laughs> All I ask is you share the wealth. <laughs> so this uh, this episode to me was was so much fun to see Red Red having fun, Liz having fun. I tell you, I think even Wrestler and Samar were having fun. Oh, I agree. I think they had a lot of fun. I think Samar is geared towards this sort of thing. And I think Wrestler could have a lot more fun if he'd let himself cut loose. And he's starting to. So? He's not so squeaky clean anymore, is ah, he? Look at those. Look at all those beautiful blemishes that make you human. Um, mm. But no, just watching the father-daughter chaos dance across my screen is just I love it and the funny thing is that I'm pretty sure that was the same scene they shot the conversation from season one the stairwell yes. that he walks down I mean obviously it's not supposed yes. to be the same place but it's still the same stairwell that, he, that they shot the scene with them sitting on it and Liz saying Tom told me something before he died and Red asking what my father is alive and to have that set come back around, and I, like I said, I understand it's not supposed to be the same place. I understand they have limited sets that they can work with. I am aware of this, but there's something very fulfilling. And very anybody that follows my Tumblr knows how much I love for full circles. Full circles are my jam. I mean, like, I love it when it comes around. And that, to me, is just a behind-the-scenes sort of coming around to my father is alive. Oh, look, my dad is walking down the steps, and I'm making a snarky Dressing comment about a his dressing. <laughs> yeah, dressed, dressed like, like a pumpkin. A pumpkin. <laughs> well, it was also a very nice... Uh, go back to the scene in 114 when he comes down he's in the tuxedo and he says oh I love your dress and the clutch is cute uh, the, and then she goes system, instead yeah. of saying that is pumpkin you know and, and they're having fun and is a, is a nice is a nice you know from, from the list of that moment to the list here you realize how much how much Liz needed that family and it wasn't really that it had to be perfect and the reason why Liz chose to keep Agnes and why they're making different choices is because it doesn't matter. You think that you're saving your children by pushing them away and keeping them safe, but then you're 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 really not because they're your kids and the sins of a father and the world of a father. Like Red told Kaplan. Nature versus nurture. It's, yeah, it's she was really looking at that theme this season. And, I, you know, on a, on a realistic side of it, I'm not sure where I fall, but I do love where they're going with it on the show. I do. I, I very much enjoy it. Because we saw it with Tom as well. It's a great parallel. The fact that 
you know, he wasn't raised with his family, and yet he, his training he's still so brought much, him around it. Yeah. You see so and much he's of so Scotty much like his mom and his dad. Well, when Scotty sat there describing Howard to him, and I think it was the first or second episode into the redemption, I'm sitting there going, she might as well be describing Tom. I mean... And then she says, reminds me of you. Yeah, exactly. And so it's nature versus nurture. It's fantastic. And so the the entire situation with with Liz and, oh, anybody that follows my Tumblr knows that I love happy, smiling Liz. Even if she regrets it later, seeing her like that, seeing her so carefree and just able to cut loose like that, that... Can we talk about that moment? Oh, it's where, so beautiful. She, when she said, I'm scared of you. Mm. And I thought it was it was beautifully done because I think the series will end when Red is able to tell he's the father, not she's the daughter. That's when, fair. When, when she has been able to accept him, completely when he has come home he can be her father he again he still hasn't done by that, now has he? she's no is she's my because you're my daughter and he, he said it at once and that was in cape may when he thought she was dead and it didn't matter anymore then he says tell it yourself say it out loud and then like four beats later he's saying uh, her father yes He's, that's the only time that he said it out loud because he he couldn't or he risked her life. Well, he said it uh, to Kirk. She's my daughter, but not I'm her father. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and so and I. He that's said just... that's my girl in Zina in Gina Zanitakos, mm-hmm. and he says you know you can be my my and the way he phrases thing he doesn't say well I can be your boyfriend he says you can be my girlfriend so he can say you then okay be my daughter. It's always what she is, not what he is. That's well, it doesn't. I mean, he cannot. He cannot change. He does. He doesn't feel he's the father. Red is. Sam was a father. I agree. But yeah, nothing will change the fact that she's his daughter. No, I I thoroughly agree with that. Oh my god! Uh, it was. It I was a. I mean, it. And and then then this the the. The 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 highest um, it, the caper was just fantastic. I mean, I Red love... doing all these levels of things and pulling the wool over everybody's eyes, and he plays a little the bumbly guy. And at the end, I I just love that he's like, take that too, and she's like, what? <laughs> she's uh-huh. so excited though because she's having the biggest thrill of her life. She loves it and there's just something fantastic about that and I I understand that she's not gonna you know she's trying not to lose herself and I'm sure she'll get really freaked out at some point but I I do have faith that Liz is gonna find that balance and I I, I think I said last week that I feel like this this season's gonna be about finding that balance Mm mm-hmm 
but kind of like a good redemption arc, you gotta go a little far into the deep end before you can come back out. And where do you think that balance is gonna be? Mm, I don't know. Yet. Is she gonna end up running uh, Reddington Empire? Is she gonna make Reddington Empire to be less illegal? We'll see, like I, I, I do not see her going. Like I, I could see Tom running Halcyon. And as much as I could see someone like Scotty telling Liz that she'd do fantastic at Halcyon, I don't see her playing second fiddle to Tom. I just don't see it. Um, yeah, she could play Red Empire, though. But, and that's the thing, is that perhaps she'll create her own out, out of Reds, you know? Or, a little more legal. Yeah, just more, le- you know, basically kind of a... her own version. Um... Maybe she'll keep a connection to the FBI. I I don't know yet. I I feel like she's so in flux right now. We're finding out so many fun little tidbits with Liz. It's it's really exciting for me because we're we're seeing all of this and we're getting all of this, and she's growing and she's the the <laughs> possibilities are endless. It's fantastic. <gasps> And I just thought about something. You remember when Liz Red crashes into her life. Okay, first episode, she's not doing any undercover. Second episode, uh, she's not really doing any undercover. Third episode, let's go to Wujin, to the deeper earth, to do something that you don't even know what you're doing. Let's go undercover, Liz. And from there on is Liz undercover, Liz undercover, Liz undercover, because Red knows who the mother is. The mother was a talented, covert operative. Yes, I agree. I I think he's been playing on her, her talents for years now. And I find it, you know, let's say for one thing that she grew up to be a, an FBI agent. Uh, do you think that that was something that Red was pushing her? Because I find very intriguing. Let's say that my theory is right and Emma is Jennifer. Emma ends up in MI6 and Liz ends up in the FBI. Now, wasn't that a coincidence? I don't know. It'd be interesting. I, and be, Red was an I'm evil so, officer. Because I'm so on on the fence about Emma, uh, Emma being Jennifer, I I have trouble really... I, well, I find it interesting, saying. but yeah, if she is, then yes. I mean, because we do know via the comics that Red was involved, potentially involved in pushing her through the fast track of the mm-hmm. FBI Academy. Um, so maybe he was involved in it, but to be fair, she had to make that choice that that's what she wanted to do. I mean, maybe because that's what her father did. And I'm wondering that, you know, that I always had that theory. Exactly. That, Katerina was not really an, a KGB agent. I always had the theory that she was really a CIA agent. And she, so there you go. And the kids end she, up doing what? Exactly like them. She might have been, but to be fair, 
if from the Russian point of view, the KGB agent is just the mm-hmm. same as a CIA agent. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, I mean, as Americans, we we look at KGB and go, oh, evil, oh no, yeah, you know. But I mean, the Russians, I would assume, don't look at them quite that way. You know, I mean, no, they I mean, look at the CIA as a evil. Yeah, one. exactly. I mean, it's it's all a point of view, and so. But she was a a covert operative, and that is that. The, the thing and Liz was seductive and and we already got a, when when we were giving that little thing that that Liz seduced the night manager we were already anticipating something that came I mean and think about it that was in 114 that came about in 220 when she starts learning that Katerina was a honey trap Mm-hmm. So a season and a half later, you're learning something that the seeds were planted right there. Oh, so it's, it's good heavens, yes. The, the seeds yeah, are it, planted all through. It's you, and that that's something I made the comment on earlier. Uh, that that sometimes I feel like they work very slowly on things, like with Bud and and with various things that they do with Charlene, but they they do work at them it's i hear some people go oh this is a thread drop and i'm like listen i don't agree with their pacing all the time but they do get to it it's not that they've completely dropped it like i feel like the bud scenario was a lot longer than it should have been but it was still handled it's you know whether it was the right time to do it yeah it, it just they they handled it when it need when they needed it to work did it feel awkward in other places? Maybe, but that may just be me and my hyper vigilance on on Tom's, you know. I, I mean, just because Tom was because the major didn't move on Tom doesn't mean that the major didn't know exactly what Tom was. Maybe I think that when he goes for the heist, that was a major giving Tom a last chance. If you go with Gina. You live. Oh, I think that's exactly but, what it was because she called him and said, "You were right." You know. So, yeah. So it, it it's it, it's so such a um. Uh, th- they play very long games, and I always tell people I used to be a crazy person about the the dangling ends. They're not dangling; they're and, just waiting. And that them. that's what I mean. Yes, exactly, exactly. So does that about that wrap takes, us up? Well, well I, I got to say something about the brilliance of, of Red Plan. It, it, I mean, this is the kind of things that where you start seeing everything that Red does, even when he seems surprised. Oh, well, it's, they, it was the first thing that came to mind. No, that wasn't. He already had a plan going. And he may be improvising the little details, but... Red is an extremely talented undercover. Remember what he said? Tom and I cert- share a lot, certain a lot of things. It's I, I'm I'm in awe. I think this season is getting even better than I even expected it to be, and I am so excited to see what he brings. Oh, I agree. I I think it's going to be utterly fantastic and this second episode, and I I feel like I have a lot of expectations with Blacklist. It's one of those shows that that sometimes I go in with such high expectations that nobody could ever meet them. And I almost felt like that's what I did with the first episode up until the very, maybe the last 10, 15 minutes of it. And then suddenly the entire episode had met my expectations without my realization. 
And that was on me. That was that was entirely on me. I should have seen it. Oh, coming. that's when that's when you knew that, that that was it. I had my my clue in the in the oh, woods. Oh, shush you! I know you see it from the beginning. <laughs> Stop bragging. Nobody I, likes a bragger. <laughs> you know that I nobody pats my back. So I gotta find my own. <gasps> okay, um, patting it. There we go. <laughs> there. Oh, thank you. That feels so much better. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, when they were in the woods and he shoots the like, the next one goes on your on your feet, and he was so concerned with saving him. He's like, hmm, this is something else. And you know what? I found it very interesting that when he goes to rebuild his empire, he goes to the things that the Pentagon looked at. The Pentagon looked at this guy to see how he was moving this entire city. Very interesting point. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's very fascinating wording there. You're right. That's a really good point. See, I'm patting your back. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, to me, that was like, yeah. When once he said that, is like, hey, yeah, yeah I know you're I up like to something. And, and gets to me to that thing that Red is really running a mission. And there's some people higher up that know what he's doing. And I think that Cooper was there in order to provide support. You know, that actually, like, I've always kind of been on the, the edge of that one. That's one of your, your crazy theories that I'm more on the edge with. Mm -hmm. That That may be the point that pushes me just a little bit, inches me into the territory of actually agreeing with it <laughs> so we'll see you know all, all the things that he's doing and we have to see because he said that in the building in that house it was a cornerstone of how he planned to rebuild his thing it wasn't the picasso the picasso was a freebie and he kept it but it, that wasn't what he went to look for it wasn't the it wasn't the the necklace because he returned that the penny the penny was what he was after I, that's what we're meant to see, to mm -hmm. think. Okay, you think but it's something else? I think it is something in that thumb drive. Remember that. Possible. Remember that he has done that before. You know, he takes a piece of the journal. Mm -hmm. He takes a little photo, uh, and in a thumb drive, you don't even see it happening because he had it, and then he gives it to to Cooper. He may have got a lot of information from it, and by the time the FBI moves into all of them, he's already went there, took the little spoils, because what was really... A lot of people say, oh, he's like uh, uh, like Thomas Crown. He wasn't. In appearance, he was, but Red said he's using his dark money to influence politicians for when he decides to run as his next thrill. So he was he was preempting a player that would have been kind of cabal-like to enter the fray. Mm -hmm. So I think that what Rick is still doing is he's taking down those little heads one by one, strategically placed. And this one was he's going to instead of taking it down, he's going to take that information and slide in into his own things. He doesn't I like take that, things. Yeah. Taking out the enemies, the, there would be more enemies than, than allies. Yes, I like that. Because that's it's very much red, I mean, in a nutshell. It's, uh, you know, if you want to understand red, you have to read The Art of War. Red, red entire thing is is The Art of War. And he, I think he even quoted it a few. Sure uh, or he, 
what is Confucius? Maybe he's Confucius and not the art of war. He, he does but definitely Confucius. everything he does. Yeah. Everything that he does is right out of the art of war. I think it's a fair bet to, to bet that red is very well read. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I love that bit with the museum. I love it. And Nancy Reagan could this. Oh, look at this set of dishes here and all that. It's, it's fascinating. Um, I just... It, it, the fact that they, I, I'm a huge Sinatra fan. Um, it's, I, I've been a Sinatra fan for years. And I just, I loved Liz. No, I can't imagine dinner with Sinatra. <laughs> I'm just like, that would be me right there. Like, I would love to imagine it, but I can't. <laughs> it's just too amazing. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a really, really fun fun episode we're seeing a lot of of red's underworld and the way he thinks the way he goes at things so whenever you think that oh yeah it's a penny but he gives a penny for your thoughts it's almost like he was giving the penny to and we never saw liz return it no we didn't mm -mm. maybe it's hers now well he wouldn't uh he she wouldn't accept the the trust fund for the kid now he has a three million dollar penny well, to be fair, the three million was for the collection, mm. not the penny itself. Um, Unless somebody else is missing that the, penny from my the, collection. The Rumi did comment that I, I feel like she said she looked it up one time, like before this. She she's a collector of various sorts, and mm. so that's it. Doesn't surprise me that she did. And I think she said that that those type of pennies go for yes. something like hundred thousand i i want to I, I don't quote me on that but I, i'd have to check with her to see what the price was but it was some some absurd amount for a penny you know it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a million dollars but it was some absurd amount for a penny so you know that that's was not what he went for so he has to be the fun drive yeah, I it has to that. be some information of the people that he works with that's the people that he's gonna go after I could definitely see that. Well, we'll have to see what comes up, and it's 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 been a wild ride. Oh, it's so great. It's so much fun. I mean, Megan puts it enjoy the ride, and I agree. It's like a freaking roller coaster. It's so and great. I, is it the next episode that Tom is going to be working undercover with Red? Yes, I'm excited. I love those two undercover together, especially when they're at odds. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having to trust somebody is going to be great. See, I'm such a mean fan. I do like to beat on my favorites. Tom, go undercover with the man that wants to kill you right now. <laughs> go. <laughs> See what happens, Tom. <laughs> yeah. It would be fun because now they're family too. I, and, you know, yeah, yeah, I have faith that Red won't kill Tom. I, I have faith in maybe not as much in him caring about Tom quite to that extent, but I do have faith in him caring for Liz to that extent. And so, I, I, I do believe that if Liz didn't love Tom, Tom would be up a creek without a paddle, but she does, and she's made it very, very clear, late to work clear. Um, <laughs> and I just love that. I had such a wild night. I don't care, Keen. <laughs> She's like, but my husband's home. You don't understand. Let me have a conversation with you, Cooper. <laughs> Let me tell you about my wild night. <laughs> I was just like, Liz, he doesn't care. Honey, he doesn't care. <laughs> it, 
Oh, but it's it's gonna be so much fun to watch them work together because some of my favorite favorite scenes of the blacklist are Ryan and James. To me, I'm absolutely my my absolute favorite scenes are between those two. Mm, they're fantastic together because Ryan was good when he came in. He has learned so much from James, and they work so well off of each other. They're just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, the 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 the, the and, and and any scenes that they're you know together are just so, and they haven't had a good scene together in a while, so I'm I'm excited for that. I think with that we are done yep. with this podcast. And so, if you would like to leave us comments, we're on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. Uh, we love comments. We love conversations. Please feel free to chat with us. We, we we're nice. We don't bite. Um, Most uh, of the we time. we get snarky, but we don't bite. You know. <laughs> um, I don't I have like a that's... tulip garden to put the blood in it, so don't worry about it. Say what? Remember the tulip garden when when Miss Kate when Miss Kaplan first exsanguinated the body in the tulip garden and I'm thinking boy those tulips must be really good oh my gosh <laughs> we're going into winter it'll freeze over no bodies can be buried right now it'll be okay um on that note we will see you guys next week Wednesdays Wednesdays are fun and uh, it's now Blacklist Wednesday enjoy and have a great week bye-bye bye-bye